Hey dorks, just a quick message reminding you to head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast and give us a follow. We live stream when we record our new podcast episodes and we're live streaming video game sessions on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're playing super rad stuff like Among Us, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Jackbox Games, and Tabletop Simulator. Come hang out and play along with us. That's twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Mind Gap Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And with us this week is a very special guest who's going to talk to us all about the stonks. Don't know what stonks are? Well, shut the fuck up and listen, because we have the one, the only, Daniel Polition here to talk to us. Thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here. Oh, this is so exciting. Get the last name right. You did get the last name right. So you saw, did you see me freak out right there? I had to freeze. I'm like, I got to look at the pronunciation again because I didn't trust myself because that's how I work. <laughs> yeah, I did get right, three so. for three. That's all that matters. That is. Um, yeah. It makes me so excited. Uh, but we're super excited to have you here. Before we uh, dive right into uh, the stocks and the GameStop and all that good stuff, a little bit of housekeeping we're going to take care of first. So number one, if you all don't already know, follow us on Spotify. And elsewhere, but specifically on Spotify, check us out, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Also, don't forget to join our Discord server. Come hang out with us. We're a bunch of nerds. We like to talk, you know, about memes, share memes, be silly, and uh, play games together. So come join our Discord server. You can find that at twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Also, check out our merch on redbubble.com. Head on over there. Search for Mind Gap Podcast. We got all sorts of cool stuff like t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, pillows, backpacks, coffee mugs, travel mugs. We got it all. Go over there, get what you'd like, support the podcast. We'll love you forever. And last but not least, if you don't know, we host a video game stream every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Last Saturday, we continued the epic Dungeons and Dragons the Fantasy board game adventure. And Justin, I gotta say, you we had to do a last minute sub because Eric couldn't make it. Seth came in, and I was concerned. I didn't know how it was gonna go, but I was very impressed with you and the gang. I have to say, I was impressed with us, if I can be so bold. Um, I... I feel like what happened is that after the X number of weeks we've been playing with Eric through you know internet osmosis he's gifted us his strategic uh, abilities and we were uh, we were able to hold our own uh, usually eric leads us the full two hours and uh <laughs> this time i have to say we we were uh, we were making calls and uh and uh, slaying some uh, gobbies with the best of them yeah it was very good and i can't wait for you guys to continue on with that adventure so excellent work this saturday in honor of everyone's favorite holiday, in quotes, Valentine's Day, I'm going to be playing the I Love You, Colonel Sanders, a finger-licking good dating simulator on Twitch, baby. Oh, we yeah. got we got that sweet, sweet KFC dating simulator, the game that everyone, everyone 
wants wants to play, and I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be hopping in. I already downloaded it. I'm afraid to start it up because I don't want to log any more additional time in it than I that I don't need to. So we're firing up. We're going to see what this dating sim's all about. Apparently, Colonel Sanders looks really hot, so this should be fun. So come join me. Doug's, Doug's got his secret herbs and spices. We'll see how finger looking he is. You know, we'll see how finger looking good he is. So come check that out. 8 p.m. Central Time. Twitch.tv slash podcast. I am, if anything, a man of my word. I said this months ago for Valentine's Day I would play it. I'm sticking with that plan. So, And guys, I don't know if you know this, but Doug will also be playing it with his shirt off and just suspenders on. I mean, if you want, we could do that. Cash and some points, and uh, I will do that. So That's true. You know what? This one happen. might cost bits. <laughs> this one might be a bit thing. Or bitcoins. Daniel, welcome to the ah. show. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> Look at that transition. Thank you. Thank you. This is what I do sometimes. Well, <laughs> but um, we're excited to have Daniel on because Daniel is a professional day trader. I mean, let's say it. Let's say what it is, right? You, you do this for a living and you kind of watched this thing unfold. You have a knowledge that Justin and I definitely don't. And our curiosity has just been piqued this whole time as this has unfolded. For folks who don't know what, what's what's happened, essentially, um, Daniel, I'm actually just going to let you uh, probably describe it. You'll do a better job than me, and I don't want to be inaccurate. So uh, tell yeah. everyone, what, what 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 is this GameStop shenanigans? What happened, and, and what's going on with it? Yeah, so I guess um, go back to the summer of 2020. There was a YouTube channel by the name of Roaring Kitty. Um, not where I would get my financial advice, but, uh, seems to be dishing out quite a bit of it. He is a financial advisor for a company called mass mass mutual. So he's not just some, you know, some guy throwing up a chart and saying, it's going to go, going to go to the moon. Uh, he, he actually had, you know, some rationale behind his, um, belief that GameStop was undervalued. Right. So at the time in the summer, it was maybe trading at four or five dollars a share and he hops on youtube basically breaks it down and says hey listen gamestop's undervalued there's a huge potential for um, you know increased market share with esports they wanted to take advantage of all the increased spending on video games during during covid and he's going through all these hypothetical situations where gamestop could actually be a legit you know profitable company again you think of retail stores um, you know, with Amazon, with, with most people, I mean, personally, the last 10 games I bought, probably nine of them were downloaded. Um, you know, I only have one out of 10 of the actual physical disc where I went to the store to get it. So, you know, you're, you're just thinking like this, this doesn't make any sense, but okay, maybe. Anyway, he hops on Reddit, uh, to a place called wall street bets where wall street bets, you, you don't have to have the, you don't really have to have any market knowledge prior to this. Just hop on there, have some fun. People are just throwing around ideas. Anyway, the, the, the people on Reddit, Wall Street Bets, get a hold of this, that GameStop could potentially be very valuable. Uh, think about the people on Reddit, uh, on um, Wall Street Bets. They're mostly younger, people that probably play video games. So they're saying, you know what, I identify with this company, so um, why not get behind it? So then they, they started buying uh, like I said, it was at four or five dollars a share in the summer. Took it up to like twenty. Took it up to forty. 
took it up to 80 and then before you know it it's at like 483 dollars uh which is which is wild um you know you don't normally see that with with any stock for that matter no matter how good the company is it just it just doesn't it didn't add up really yeah that was uh, wild i remember um actually seth talking about this and like i just saw some stuff spiking about gamestop stock and i'm like oh because i had the same thing i'm like who's investing in gamestop like it's right? like it's like the blockbuster of the gaming world it's just like there's no right there's no i i can't tell you the last physical game that i purchased like i buy all my stuff digitally it seems absurd to me to go to a place to physically pick up a game to then install i'm like those are a lot of steps i could just download it off of steam just like i did with you know i love you colonel sanders a finger licking good dating simulator downloaded it didn't have to buy it anywhere didn't have to walk in and shamefully be like i'm doing it for a stream can i buy this and they're like sure thing buddy you know um but the idea that it, someone would be like, yeah, I want to invest money. I mean, I've since read some stuff where, like, I know, what was it, the uh, the CEO was, you know, or was it a guy that was added to the board? I can't remember. Someone who was basically took Chewy, you know, the the, the pet the, the pet food, uh, you know, organization just essentially brought that to a success. And people were excited with his leadership, what was possible. I know they had actually some decent cash. Their Their balance sheets were looking good as far as, like, you know, I think they were net positive. So there was financially, it made sense. I think long term, unless there's some drastic changes, I don't know, you know, all about that, like how, how great of an investment it is. But there were it was rooted, I think, because I think some of the misconception about this is people were just fucking around. But I think this was generally rooted in legitimate like, hey, there is some value here. It's grossly undervalued. And these hedge funds are really trying hard to bet against this. And I think there was also a bit of resentment along with that as well. But that I'm sure is speculative. Yeah, I mean, the guy, Roaring Kitty, uh, his price target, I think, was like 50 bucks from, from five. So, you know, 10 times is still like, that's, that's a lot, okay. uh, especially in any amount of time. But uh, yeah, you mentioned the, uh, the hedge funds. So a lot of these funds make a lot of money by shorting these companies that generally don't do well. They don't have the best fundamentals. They might not have the best outlook. Uh, so for them, it's essentially free money. Um, and for those that don't know what shorting is, essentially, let's just, for an example, say the stock is $100, right? So you think the stock's going to go down, right? Maybe to $50 for whatever reason, the company's just hire a new CEO you don't like, uh, maybe industry regulations, something. Anything can be really anything. So you borrow 100 shares. You sell 100 shares that are borrowed, essentially, right? So you want the price of the stock to go down. So let's just say 100 shares at $100, $10,000, right? So you're selling those shares, 100 of them at $100. So your ideal situation would be for that thing to go as low as possible. For easy math, let's just, let's just say it drops to 50, right? So the broker is going to need those shares back that, that were borrowed. So you're going to buy those shares at $50 for $5,000. Boom, the trade's over. You just made $5,000. You know, pretty good, um, pretty good investment, pretty good return. However, if it goes the other way on you, let's say it went to 150 right? You have to still buy those shares back. 
So your $10,000 position, you know, you have to pay a lot more. So that'd be what, $15,000. So, so you're in the hole there. Um, and with GameStop, you can imagine the, uh, the people that were shorted maybe at like $20, $30, even $50, they were getting crushed because they would have to buy those shares back. And when you're buying shares, you're pushing the price up even higher. Right. That combined with the madness of Wall Street bets, I mean, that, that it, it was, the chart was literally vertical, straight up in the air <laughs> some days. It was nuts. So what, what's the time frame for like when, like if you're shorting something and you're borrowing, like you do have to like essentially give those back at some point in time. Like what's the typical time frame with that? Yeah. So I personally, I don't short stuff. So I, the exact ins and outs of that, um, I guess you would, you would hold on to it as long as possible. You know, if it's going down, you know, you're not going to, why would you buy the shares back if it's still sure. dropping? But sometimes the brokers can actually uh, buy them back for you if they need those shares. In the case of GameStop, where they, where so many people were buying and buying and buying, uh, and and that it got to the point where these these funds were taking such big losses, they just couldn't they couldn't take the losses anymore. They had to get out of their position. So um, they actually bought, like they had to pay for their basically position. They basically just lost billions of dollars. Is that kind of like how it unfolded? Yeah, yeah. The big one, uh, there was a few, but the one that that's been in the news was Melvin Capital. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a a weird connection to to Robinhood, which uh, which I can definitely get into. But Melvin Capital uh, was a was a big one. Another one was Citron. I think towards the beginning of this madness, I think they bowed out pretty quick because the, the guy leading that ship was like, you know what, we can't compete with this. Let's just <laughs> cut our losses and move on. Right. Yeah, he he went as far as to say, uh, so these these funds they publish what they call short uh, like short reports, where they might they might publish something they might go on CNBC and say, hey, this stock you know it doesn't have a great outlook right now. If I were you, I, if I had stock, I would sell it because they want it. They want you to get on their side and make oh, this stock isn't worth it. We need to sell and get out. Then that will help them profit, right? Gotcha, Citron yeah. went and said, you know what, we're not doing that anymore because what basically Wall Street bets was doing is. They were hunting these these <laughs> stocks. They were literally hunting these stocks. And I guess if you, it's smart, you know, why would you tell your opposition what your strategy is? Right. So in a, in a, in a almost unprecedented move, the internet for, it only happens once every couple millennia, but the internet united and just went, you know, you know what? We're all going to do this. Fuck these guys. It's yeah, not easy much. to get that many people to unite, but well, because some of the ones one like, especially like the AMC one, also made sense to me, right? Because if you're like AMC could come back, they're in a, they're in a dangerous position right now. But that's a legit that that one seems far more legitimate than GME yeah, to me. Because it's like, like, I, like the AMC one is like, yeah, that's a distinct possibility. The theaters could open up again, and honestly, yeah. the the money that was infused into AMC may have saved them with, with the yeah. stock buys. Like it could have yeah. saved, actually saved it, the company. Uh, I think because because I think they were like, we now bankruptcy is no longer on the table. Like that infusion, and so the idea that people are like, hey, this could open up again at some point, and they could be profitable. That's a long, that's a long, long bet, but it yeah. seems more reasonable in that regard. So. To that extent, you know, it's it's also pretty shitty to think that these guys could get on TV and be like, ah, I think you guys should sell the stock because it's going to help, you know, because the whole thing is like it's going to make us better. And then the hypocrisy that has just like enveloped this whole thing where they can do that. But if people all band together and buy something, they're like, all right, we're going to halt 
we're gonna halt trades right now because yeah. we don't have the financing it's like go fuck yourself <laughs> it's i mean you know they they can get on exactly they have the outlet whereas guys like me and you the average investor doesn't have that outlet you know if if, if i'm in a position let's just say apple and it's it's going down on me i can't call i can't hop on the news and say everyone buy apple Come on, it's a great company. Right. Like it, like it we've got Daniel on the phone uh, uh, from all the way in Pennsylvania. Daniel, tell us what what are you what are your thoughts on this stuff? You're like, ah, buy it now, <laughs> please. Right. Well, that's been yeah, Daniel's so, minute. You know, you all heard it here. He told you to buy. It's 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 just funny that uh, they seem so. And in the days this was happening, watching it, they seemed so salty. So salty. <laughs> it was just like get off my lawn type you know <laughs> that's a good way of putting it like yeah absolutely yeah. i mean, I mean they, that's they how were it felt their own game and that's i think to me like the the anarchist in me loved that like the, there's a fire starter that lives inside of me doug will tell you that i was like i had flames in my eyes i'm like watch it burn yeah go down yeah. down in flames because you got they got beat at their own game and they were pissy about it and they wanted to take their ball and go home and nothing makes yeah. me happier but Unfortunately, what we and even I think in the middle of it, didn't they? I, I I don't know if you know much about this whole silver, uh, spike where I like did where they were trying to grab control of the narrative and like turn everyone away from GME and in into silver. It see it was weird because I think that was on a Friday because I remember reading that and I was like, oh man, I wish I kind of got in some silver, you know, before the market closed on Friday. I don't know if that was like a mole that the funds put in and just said and just started making up stuff because yeah. apparently they said it wasn't them. Well, of uh, course they said that. Uh, and then Wall Street Bets at the same time was like, wait a minute, who, who's saying this? Like, we're not saying this. So right. it was like no one was really owning up to it. Silver, there was, there was an ETF, was mm-hmm. basically a fund, a silver fund, SLV, that like jumped for maybe a day. But mm. nothing quite like uh, any of the other Nokia, AMC, or GameStop. Yeah. Well, I think the people on Wall Street Bets were, I think they were so, anyone that was following that subreddit was so convinced that they were being duped and that it was a mole that had been planted. Because even on there, some of the ads that were being bought were ads for silver. Like as I was scrolling through, I started seeing like buy silver ads. And I'm like, this reeks of of not on the up and up well also like you know there's the dirty stuff that happens after hours too right like you know they would they would you know they would try to drive you know i i heard about this like the stuff where they do with it is they would sell to each other to like drive the price down and they they would do shit like the hedge funds would do that and they would drive to drive the price down but then after the market closed the price would shoot up you know, it's like you you would see all this stuff happening behind the scenes as they were like manipulating the market. I was like, these are two things. These are two groups of people that are both doing the same thing. And I now listen. I think long term, this is this kind of volatility, not a great thing. Probably, uh, probably not good in general. Uh, it is kind of nice to see, uh, you know, David versus Goliath in this sort of regard, where some people were like, out of principle, I refuse to sell my position. We want you to burn. It was just like, wow, this is crazy. Like, 
you know, it's pretty wild uh, because part of me was like, yeah, everyone holds strong. I have no money in this game, right, but right. stick it to them. Um, you know, but ultimately, you know, that eventually kind of went back down. Uh, to, I don't even know where it ended up so far today. Or, 50 right now. Which is still not bad yeah. considering what it was, you know, a while ago. Um, but it's yeah. it's it's hard to, you know, to get a little more deep. You know, there's this lie that you kind of get fed, you know, about this dream of the American dream and how you could be, you could be wealthy. You just gotta play your cards right. And you see shit like this happen and you're like, oh, the people that have the money, the influence can just pull this shit. Like, you know, I don't know, like Robin Hood, the app that was most notable for this was no, they, they got drunk through, through, uh, put through the ringer because they had to halt trades because apparently they didn't have the capital. I don't know how true that is. I know they eventually secured like $3 billion in additional capital to allow this, but they didn't let people trade on these specific stocks for like a week. So people didn't have the ability to purchase more or do whatever. It just kind of, they stopped it. And eventually I think that caused it to go down because people saw the price dip and they're like, I got to get out now. And they start selling. And then that ultimately caused the price to drop as far as it did. But it was, it was really kind of, upsetting to see that stuff happening behind the scenes to being like oh right so these guys will be able to do that and no one's no one's going to really do anything against them because they're the ones that hold all the money and influence that kind of sucks it yeah it does um there so i watched i don't know if you guys saw the uh, clubhouse interview with the robin hood ceo and elon musk this was no. like maybe a week ago it's it's really good um only about 20 minutes but basically elon was like listen man like what happened just here's your chance like you know no news no media just tell your tell your story so according to vlad the ceo of robin hood i already don't trust the name it's if he kind of looks like dracula to me he does he does he has very vampiric attributes yeah um anyway he he claimed so robin hood doesn't actually they're they're just kind of like a middleman you know they're not the actual people that execute your trades so it's kind of like a bank where um, you might deposit your check into your bank and your money might be in there right away, but the, the check might take a day or two to clear, right? But they're still giving you the money. You still gave them the check. So it's all good. It just needs to technically clear. So stocks are similar in that, in that regard where today, if you wanted to buy a stock, yes, the money left your account. Yes, the stock went into your account, but it's technically not cleared for another two days, right? Whoa. So these brokers work with clearing houses to do the basically the back end stuff. Robin Robinhood is called National Securities Clearing Corporation. And according to their CEO, Vlad, he claimed the NSCC wanted three billion dollars um, to satisfy the deposit requirements to, to keep trading these stocks. Well, most companies don't have three billion dollars in cash lying around. So his options were to restrict trading altogether, just make it closing only so you could sell what you had, you couldn't buy more. Um, and according to him, he said he was able to negotiate the number down. At one point it was 3 billion, then it was 1.4 billion if he did this, and then it was 700 million if he, um, he didn't really explain the 700 million, but basically it sounded like if they just halted trading altogether on those stocks. Um, they ended up settling for 1.4 billion, uh, and I think 
I think you're right, Doug. It was about a week where they restricted the trading on a lot of those names. The end of the week, something that I don't really think anyone saw coming, they had a list of 50 stocks, not just, you know, GameStop, Nokia, AMC, that the big ones, they had Beyond Meats, they had American Airlines, uh, other stocks that you're like, wait a minute, like this has nothing to do with what's going on here. Like, what if you had a tremendous buying opportunity in Beyond Meats and you couldn't buy it? You know, that, that cost people real money. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, there's a lot of people behind the scenes and I think Robin Hood was kind of the fall guy, but they're definitely not innocent. You know, they definitely mm-hmm. deserve some backlash, but I think the, the hate and the anger is just a little misguided, I guess. I like that assessment. I, I think, I think you're yeah. right. I think Robin Hood got caught holding the bag. Yeah. Um, and I definitely agree that they, it's like a situation where you see so many of these organizations that just didn't, pre- they didn't know this was going to happen. So they weren't prepared. Exactly. I, I don't know the inner workings of this, but the idea that they would need to secure that money, it probably makes sense, right? It does like on paper. And so I'm sure to prevent that stuff from happening, who thought that they're like, I'm going to need to have an additional 3 billion on hand in case something like this happens. It's, it's, it's not going to be the case, but at the same time, you know, what is, I mean, again, the uh, irony in it is something called Robin Hood, you know, the whole <laughs> analogy of, you know, stealing from the rich, giving to the poor, and all they did was bolster the rich in this sort of situation. They stopped the average person from being able to do what they wanted. Plus, you get the whole, like, free market stuff, right? Like, people are like, let the market decide. People are like, but put regulations on it now. <laughs> like, it's just, right. I just, Twitter was just ablaze with all sorts of like wow the hypocrisy here is absolutely suffocating me and how all this stuff works and um and i think what sucks is um well i i think the 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 thing i enjoyed about this was something that seems very i wouldn't say ted but it seems very mystical and it's like you mentioned stocks and people go i don't know man like it's like you try to talk to me about medical benefits i'm like talk to my wife she sets all that stuff up i don't know how insurance works i don't know what a copay is I just have my wife slap a note to my chest and says, says doctor, read this. Tell me what to do when I go to the doctor. So stocks is pretty similar, right? It's like one of those things where you're like, oh, I don't know what any of this means. And I think it's intentionally built that way. But what's been great about this is you've got to see, and I, I hate to say the word average Joe, but I mean, everyday people have an opportunity now with technology and everything else to go and actually do this stuff. They don't, you know, they don't have to know a, a broker necessarily or whatever, and they can actually invest and do these things based on their own research and really kind of just forge their own financial destiny, you know, for better or worse, um, in the stock market to see something like Robinhood shut that down for over a week and not allow people to do what they're going to do while stuff is still happening behind the scenes. I don't know. I was like, I was empowered by the fact that I'm like, man, there's a lot of people that figured this shit out. I'm, I'm proud of those. That's awesome. That's amazing. But on the other side, it's like, let's just keep those people down because this is just, it's, it's messing with me and what I want to do. And that was kind of upsetting to see. It, yeah, I think Robin, uh, it is. I think Robin Hood could have, uh, in my, at least in my, uh, you know, dumb assessment of this. <laughs> Is they like, and I don't know what was involved in all the negotiations with you know whoever they were trying to secure that that three billion or one point four billion from, but uh, if they had just, and I preach this at my nine to five as well, and it uh, commonly gets uh, just ignored, but uh, communication, just clear communication, visibility, transparency, it it cannot be under or overstated how far that goes. 
And like if if they just talked about, hey, look, we're shutting it down for this reason. And they got a communication out right away. And you don't have to give away all the details, you know. Yeah. But just like at least let people give it give people an idea of what's going on. No, I agree. I think um communication factor i th- I don't think communication can be understated like in in how the mm-hmm. stuff is handled in an organization or in something like this like the double talk the uh just sort of like talking i guess i don't know in 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 half truths it, it's only gonna hurt and especially when you're dealing with people's money if there's one thing that i've learned it's that you don't fuck with people's money like right. that's that's the one thing that I've learned with that. And I feel like this is a situation where, you know, people are getting their money fucked with. Daniel, are you still with us? Yeah. Looks like he fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. I think we're getting him. Maybe. Possibly. Hold. Hold. It's trying so hard. With those two little spinny boxes. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> there he is. He's back. Sorry, guys. That's all good. Um, Yeah, that was weird. Uh, So I did hear you. I, I don't know if you could hear me. I couldn't hear you, but I'm glad you could hear me because that's all that matters is me and the things that I have to say. So, you know. So, yeah, the um, the thing about messing with people's money, uh, Robinhood and the transparency, Justin, I like how you, you touched on that. Um, from 2015 to 2018, Robinhood, and this actually leads me into a, a pretty good uh, story here. From 2015 to 2018, Robinhood stole $35 million from its customers. All $35 right. million. What do you okay? mean stole? <laughs> okay, so they didn't go into their accounts and just and just take people's money. But what they did was, how I mentioned earlier, Robinhood doesn't actually execute the trades. Yeah. They sell their they sell their order data to 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 funds like right. hedge funds. Uh, Citadel is their biggest customer, so Citadel um, take these orders from from Robinhood, and Robinhood's I guess profit of this is they're they're skimming pennies off the top from from shares from options um but they weren't telling people this because they're a free platform but you're really paying for it by paying more for each stock you're buying so in this three-year time 35 million probably not that much money com- for, the, for the amount of people on that platform but still that's not chump change it's a chunk of change yeah so that that was like you know a little sour taste in my mouth uh-huh. um but this, I think, just kind of put the nail in the coffin for a lot of people. It just in the fact that they just, I don't know which one of you said it, but it's how you handle things. And, and, and they just, you can't handle it like that. And you're going to lose customers. And they're trying to go public this year with, with their own um, stock. And I just, sure. the Wall Street bets might short, short that to zero. <laughs> I was going to so, say, just, uh, just wait till Wall Street bets gets their mitts on that stuff. Gets those diamond hands. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Daniel, real quick, I think you uh, you're kind of like horiz- or, uh, vertical on us. I don't know if there's a way to get you swapped back around to sideways. I'm okay with it, but we have an Australian super fan who's apparently really losing sleep over this right now. He's like, <laughs> is he sideways? 
It's like, uh, he might be Jared, but you know what? As Seth said, you're upside down. So, take that. <laughs> that was hilarious. You were, you were right side up, and you just slowly, just slowly turned back. Is that, is that good? You- That's perfect. That's great. Okay. That's we'll excellent. Make that work. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Australian fans. <laughs> there you go, Jared. Are you happy? He apologized. <laughs> And he yeah. just admitted that he's not even watching the video. He's listening to the audio because he's at work. <laughs> okay. Typical Australian. Classic. Classic. <laughs> so um, before I forget, I, this, this, was, this was the one thing that like, was burned in my brain that I can't get out. Citadel, again, being Robinhood's biggest customer with their order flow. Guess who bailed out Melvin Capital when they lost all that money from GameStop? Hmm. Shit. Citadel. What a what a mystery. <laughs> Interesting. So, not that I'm putting my tinfoil hat on right now, but don't you think Citadel would have an interest in the price of GameStop going down so that Melvin Capital doesn't lose any more money? Yeah, I yeah. would say that's a very fair Wall Street bet. Again, just problematic, problematic shit that happens. That again, because nothing has happened, people are like, it's okay. But now that something has happened, it's like, hey, uh, conflict of interest here. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a little, it's a little weird. And um, I wish Elon asked him about that because he was really grilling him. Yeah. Um, which, which, you know, was good. Uh, he, he, was, he was being fair, but he was also asking, asking questions that needed to be asked. Yeah. Um, the problem with all this is no one really knows how they came up with the formula to ask Robin Hood for $3 billion. You know, like why that, why that number specifically? Yeah. I'm too yeah. dumb to even ask that question, you know? <laughs> well, it not, not, it's not that it's just why all this, there's so much stuff and Doug, you said it like stocks can somehow sometimes be made out to be like mystical and like kind of above your head. And I, yeah, I think a lot of this stuff is kind of meant to make us feel like we're not in control, you know, oh, very much. So even though really we are with the information we have, the access to brokers, I mean, they have just, a, you can, as a retail investor, you can get just about everything a hedge fund has access to just about everything. Right. So the playing field's never been more level, but they're still doing things to make it, you know, make it favor their side a little bit more than your side. It's interesting because I saw some people write that the the folks on Wall Street Bets, they said most of the people on that forum or several of them had just as much, if not more information and business savvy than most hedge funds that they yeah. that they've known. Like those folks and I, I just you know, I peruse through it because Reddit is still a mystery to me. I don't really understand how Reddit works. It just seems like something from the early two thousands when I look at it, I'm like, This this makes me feel awful inside. <laughs> Um, and just hearing everyone call each other artards and stuff. I'm like, what is this? Like, I don't understand what this thing is. Like, they're just very, I very quickly understood diamond hands. I'm like, there's a whole lingo in here. I don't understand. And, um, but I mean, just watching and, and, and reading some of the stuff they were talking about, they're like, this is possibly what could happen X, Y, and Z. They're like, Hey, first of all, I'm not a financial person. So do your own research, but based on what I'm saying, this is what I'd say. If you're really hesitant, here's an option. If you're, you know, want to take the YOLO strategy and bet it all on red, here's what you can do. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. But it always ends with do your own research. And I was really impressed at people's 
ability to find that information because in the past, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, I love to see traditional sort of structures or industries get disrupted in a way like this because things just sort of happen because this is the way they've always happened. So I like to see a little bit of ruckus to shake people out of their complacency to be like, oh no, it doesn't have to be this way. Now granted, most of the time what happens is people just shift and they readjust, they see the new rules and they still get to play the way that they want to. But I like to see people who are comfortable get disrupted because, you know, it's like, well, we've always done it this way. It's like, well, you don't have to. And we also have more information now. So it could be different. And this thing, this free market dream that people believe in, it could really happen if they want to let it happen. Um, but they just have to actually like go along with that. It means they may take some losses, but if this is truly what you believe in, what you're touting, then you should lean into it. I think the, the, the biggest problem that I think we have is that, uh, to exactly what you said, Daniel, is that the, the systems have been set up in such a way that everyone thinks that they don't have the information or that it's this some magical, mystical, like, oh, this is so, so complex and so many moving parts. And really, if you boil it down, it can be if you want to dig into the nuts and bolts of it. But if you boil it down to just its top level, like, here's how it works. It actually is a lot simpler than a lot of people realize. And you can say that for the the finance industry. You can say that for politics. You can say that for business. You can say that, like, the list goes on and on. All of these industries that have been, that have had traditionally... Uh, as Doug and I was talking about these gatekeepers, like the gatekeepers never want to let anyone see how easy it is to, to just storm the gate. Like if, if, if everyone thinks that there's this mass, uh, this uh, mystical place behind this gate that we're keeping them safe from, they'll stay on this side, you know? And I think that's something that we, we started to get a glimpse where a lot of people got to see, Oh, this is doable. And I think, there's no way that this was ever going to everyone who was saying, you know, we're going to the moon and we're going to get them tendies. It was, there's no way it was ever going to happen. Like just, like, yeah. and you could now that it's thinning out on wall street bets, you can start to see all the regular wall street bets, people going like, all right, now that all these, uh, you know, fucking knuckle draggers have left. Here's like, here's why you are all stupid and why you all need to sell now. Like, and there are, they're talking about there's no way this was ever going to go to the moon. But I think if there's anything that we can pull out of this or at least hope that that comes out of this is that it's a reevaluation of how this system is set up and a possible tearing down and restructuring. Probably won't happen, but no, we can hope. Yeah, it's they just have so it's it comes down to just the money. You know, they have so much money to back them yeah, up. That right. It's just in. I don't want to say impossible, but those funds are going to be there no matter if you like it or not. The the sad thing is, uh, so there's a thing with, with shorting. There's a thing called short interest, and whatever percentage that might be, um, whatever percentages would be the percentage of the shares available that are short. Does that make sense? Say that one more time. So like if it was 10%. I thought I had it. So the short interest, like if it was 10%, that means 10% of all the shares out there are, are shorted. Okay. Okay. So Got at it. one point, GameStop was at 114%. Right. I did hear so about that. So more shares that were, than were available. Yes. Okay. And these these funds were so aggressive with their shorting. If, if me or you had an account, right, and we, we made a couple mistakes, we got too proud to cut our losses, we're done. 
you know, they're, we either add more money to our account or we stop trading. Right. These guys, they just don't have to follow basic investing rules of risk management, discipline, and just sticking to your plan. They can just get bailed out. So they're, that's, that's the part that makes me mad is because right. like people have to work, people like myself and, and everyone else who invests has to work hard for that money. Right. And we don't want to lose it. So we're going to do everything we can not to. But these Maybe. guys can just throw around money and get bailed out. It's kind of it's kind of like the equivalent of like maxing out your credit card and then still being able to make purchases in your credit card. Exactly. Or more importantly, someone pays off your credit card for you and says, "Don't do that again," and then you max it out again because right. you can't. Right. Yeah. Daddy and mommy's credit card. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no incentive for them to do the right thing, right? Why? Why would you? If you've seen this happen, we saw it in 2008. And, you know, right. this it's like whatever the stuff's been deregulated to hell, like people have the opportunity to do that because I don't know I would like to think at least the reputation would take a hit. Right. Like that. They allowed themselves to be that reckless and overextend themselves. That's, We've seen today's America. That's not a thing. Yeah. Again, it's I don't know if you guys have you guys reputation watched the reputation means jack shit. That's true. Have you guys seen the movie The Big Short? Yes. Yep. Yeah, like the the most depressing thing about that movie was the epilogue, where it's like, and eh, nothing happened. Like that was, you know, this horrible thing happened. Yep. People lost homes, you know, financial crisis, and uh, there was no repercussions. Like they all yep. got bailouts, and it's like it was really, really, really tough to see all that and be like, God damn it! And it's it's again kind of happening again, where it's like, oh, but you know, powerful people are telling uh, less powerful people, no, you can't you can't play with us. Sorry about right. it. I think that's yeah. why everyone got so excited is because they saw for a moment, a brief moment, they were like, oh, we might be able to take one of these legs out <laughs> from the fight. Like we might be able to take someone down. And I think that's what everyone jumped on that hype machine. And they were just like, we can do this. And it's like, no, if you think about it, you really can't. I want to theory craft with you for a second, Daniel. If Robin Hood sure. hadn't restricted any sort of Ooh. trading and their funds were there, what do you think would have happened? Do you think the purchasing would have continued? Do you think the price would have gone up? What do you think would have, would we still have ended back to the same place where we are now? What do you think would have happened? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Cause I was actually talking to Seth about this. Um, I, I would think at some point that these wall street betters would run out of money to, to, to spend. Cause at yeah. what point are, are you, you know, most people might invest, I don't know, let's just say five, 10% of their income uh, every year, you know, whatever it might be. Um, where was I going with that? <laughs> Running, out <of> money. <laughs> Running out of money. <laughs> Running out of money. Running out of money. Yeah. So at some point you'd be, you'd be dipping into money that you really don't want to lose. And I feel like a lot of these people would be like, well, you know, I think that, I think this is where it ends. So had they not restricted the, the trading, I think death would have continued for another week, maybe two weeks. But at some point, you know, like from, from, from my point of view, um, 20%, 25% on a trade is, is awesome. Like I'm happy with that to see some of these gains where people are getting like two, three, sometimes even a thousand percent and still holding it. It literally made me want to put my head through a wall because <laughs> I would do anything for a thousand percent. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, it, oh, it's like it's like the lottery, right? You hear about the guy that, like, what was it in 2019? He put his what fifty thousand dollars in GameStop stock, and then this happened, and he basically became a, a multimillionaire over it because 
I mean, that's, I don't think that's a wise strategy. Be like, we're betting it all on GameStop, baby. Like, right. that's no, like, no, 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 that's not what you want to do. That guy, God bless him. He believed in him, and I think he got right. lucky. Um, but, you know, to have that, so you hear those stories, I think that's, it's like winning the lottery. Like, oh, well, where's my ticket going to be? And that just sort of, like, encourages right. bad betting in that regard. There's some, I'm sure, betting fallacies that go along with that. But I agree with yep. you. Like, if I got in, you know, this, hindsight, right? <laughs> It's like whatever, because at one point, like when it was, it was like up there at like three fifty. I was like, "Do I get in on this now?" I was like, "It's kind of like uh, it seems like it's pretty high." I'd hate to kind of like you know, but if it goes to seven hundred, I mean, that's still you know, like you know. But I just at that point, Robinhood was already shut down. I was like, I don't really want to go into all this to buy like what a share, two shares, like what am right. I you know like. <laughs> Well, I, right. I had my finger hovering over uh, on Fidelity on the Fidelity app. I had my finger hovering over the 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 button, and I was like, you know what? I just I can't like I can't yeah. do this because I don't like. And it's not that I knew anything was going to happen one way or the other. It was just one of those things where I'm like, there's no way this happens. I, I just <laughs> the system is so uh, uh, perfectly like set up against us <laughs> that I'm like, there's no way this keeps going the way it's supposed to go. I was like, there's, there's going to be something. So I was like, I can't bring myself because I wasn't ready to lose that money. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Like I, there's those people who are like, I know that I'm okay parting with this money. And I'm like, I just, I can't, I'm not ready. So, and that I think you have to, when you get into this, you've got to know that it's like going to a casino. You've got to know that you're okay. Walking out that much less. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't great, good for you. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think. <laughs> Go ahead, Daniel. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say at the beginning with the um, Roaring Kitty uh, analysis, you know, it did start out as like legit. Like there could be a short squeeze from $5 to $50. Like that's actual like analysis. But at some <clears> point, <throat> I think the, the, the mob mentality kind of took over mm-hmm. where uh, people were just like, just they didn't want to miss out, you right. know? And I think, Justin, you're right. It's like, I kind of felt the same way. It's like, this is too good to be true. Right. Like the, I've only been investing about four years, trading for about a year and doing it full time for about seven months. But I've never, I've never even heard of anything this, this while. I never felt, um, you know, I honestly, I felt a little, little FOMO, fear of missing out um, <laughs> on this. I can't lie. Cause I, I do this for a living and I'm watching this every single day. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, you know, I know I'm going to be here. I'm going to survive um, when these when these people that are buying at four hundred dollars and four hundred fifty dollars are holding the bag when the stock's at forty. Right? Yeah. So it's like just it can be really tough. And in a way, it is like gambling. You you see, you walk into a casino and you see someone win a big stack of money. You're like, that could be me. Yeah. Like, why can't it be me? Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I think. Yeah. You know, Slotty in the chat says, I think the best wisdom on this stuff is if you catch on once everyone is talking about it, it's already way too late. And that's how you're I felt. Yeah. Like I was like, had, if it was at 40 or 50 and it was just on the on the rise, totally would have done it. But at this point, I was like, I was like four days in reading about it. And I was like, I'm already looking at it. It's like 300, 300. I think at one point I caught it as like 150 and then it was 300 and then it was 400. I was like, yeah, I, I missed the boat yeah. on this one. Like it's. You know, because you're telling yourself like, but what if it goes higher, man? You know, it's like that right. horrible thinking of like, I could still get in on it. I was like, don't do it, man. Don't do well, it. Well, that's that's the kind of thinking that sinks you when you're in the casinos because yeah. I've been sitting at a blackjack table before where I've been up and I'm like, 
well, I mean, I could go up even more. Like I could yeah. take this 200, I could double it to 400. And then you walk out, you're like, well, I had 200, <laughs> you know, like it's, <laughs> it, that's the thing. And that's why people you know, develop gambling. That's, that is that dragon that you're chasing. Yeah. Cause I think what was it? I was watching a casino recently. Uh, that Great wonderful, movie. exactly right. And, uh, uh, Robert De Niro's character is talking about this whale that came in, took, took him as casino for 2 million. He was there for one night, played Baccarat and then got out of town. He's like, but he faked mechanical issues on the plane. So the guy had to come back to his hotel. And when he did, he's like, he just let it goes. I got to keep him out on, on, on the floor. And he did. And the guy was betting real small. He's betting like a thousand dollars here, a thousand dollars. He goes, but although this guy won several hands in a row, he didn't see it as winning like nine, you know, $9,000. He saw it as losing like 10,000 each hand because that's what he typically bets. And sure enough, he got tired of playing it safe. He started betting big. And before he knew it, he, everything he won, he had lost. And then he, he owed the casino a million. So like it's this, the mentality behind it is it's not a sexy mentality of no. cool. I won. I hit my percentage. Now I'm out. You know, if you stay odds are it's not going to go well. Now, granted, yeah. stocks are different than the casino odds in a lot of ways. And I also think with GameStop, there was a lot more. I mean, I don't know, Daniel, I hear the first rule of trading is don't get emotional. I mean, is that true? I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Um, if, yeah. If you're if if you're not totally clear and you're not able to make a decision, because the thing is, long term investing, you know, um, you might you might be thinking about a position for a couple days, months. You may oh okay if it gets to this price, or maybe I'm gonna buy it before Christmas or before, um, whatever it might be. But like with um with the way this was, this you had to make decisions in seconds. Yeah, and if you yeah. made the wrong decision, that that could cost you big. Um, but I think the the thing that that kind of upsets me a little bit. Uh, I feel bad is that the people that had really no idea what they were doing just wanted to get in on it and then they, they got burned mm-hmm. uh, because there is no way in hell. I'm not a financial advisor, so this is not advice. This is, <laughs> I have to say that there is no way that stock goes back to, to where it was at $500. There's just no, no way. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think those days are gone. <laughs> yeah. That, that ship has long since. And if it yeah. does, it's an anomaly, right? Like it's not something right. you can plan for. Like you just, it's, it's, well, but you know that all those people on that, uh, on that subreddit are going to be like, we told you all you had to uh, oh, do yeah. was hold the line. Yeah. But yeah, it's like diamond hands for life. It's like, yeah, but right. everything logically tells you not to do that, which again, that's where the gamble comes in, right? Well, like that's how you bet. Like on sports and stuff, you got to bet where the odds are going to be the biggest payout. Like that's how right. you got to do it. So would that payout be huge if they hung on to it and it shot to the moon? Absolutely. The odds of that happening are very slim. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But I, I think, Doug, when you said that the odds are different when you're playing the stock market than when you're gambling, I think it depends on how you play the stock market. That's also if true. Like, if you play it like Daniel, absolutely those odds are different. But if you play it, like these guys, uh, you know, in the in the Wall Street bedroom that are still posting, you know, diamond hands for we're seeing we're going to hell. It's either to the moon or to hell, you know, and like those guys, those the odds are very similar to walking into a casino. Because, yeah, again, I think there's like this uh, staunch stubbornness about it. Right. Like we're going to stick it to them. You know, we're going to stick it to. I mean, do they really care about the stock at this point? Is it because I typically when I see stocks and stuff like that happen, it's not necessarily personal. I don't know. I'm not in the world. I look at it as people seeing an opportunity to make gains, right, and mitigate losses. Yeah. So they're trying to play that game. It's not like 
it could be too. Like the subset's like, I like this stock because I think that in a year's time, this new guy came in, he's going to turn it around. We're going to see some gains. I believe in this company. I think it's going to do it. Other times people see an opportunity. It's quick in, quick out. They make their buck, they move on and they just sort of like approach it that way. I, I, I think a lot of times when with something like this, it seemed like a statement and that statement was profound yeah. for several days. And then they got their legs cut out from under them. And it's like, sorry, um, this isn't going to keep going at this point in time. Like you kind of, you've, 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 you've lost your, your footing. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the, the whole thing about the odds, um, everything in, in, I don't, I don't like using the word gamble, but in a way, every, every time you buy a stock, you, you trade options. It's always a gamble. You just have to know what the odds are and you have to know for in order for an investment or a trade to make sense, the odds have to be in your favor. It has to work out more times than, than not. Right. So if you're putting yourself in this situation, you know, but I guess before all the restrictions and before all the, all the $3 billion talk, even just thinking, like, could you logically think like Justin, that this is going to happen? Like I just could, I couldn't put myself in that no. mindset where I'm thinking, no. okay, I know this company probably, probably isn't the best to be worth this much money. So it's like, why am I, why am I putting money into something that I know is just going to get burned? Exactly. Right. Cause right. that's, that's the other side of this too, right? That, that price is not valued at $400. It's not. Right. So and to it was, think that you yeah. were ever going to get there you wouldn't like it's there's no way that was going to hold this. what's another stock that's at like 400 bucks like what's apple's stock at like they like 300 well, 400 they split they split i think it was like it was over 400 mm-hmm. they're at like 130 dollars or so now but um but yeah, yeah like microsoft's at like 250 microsoft's at 250 yeah like i, I think tesla's tesla's pretty high up there right i think is it tesla like 800 or something like that yeah 850 ish yeah so yeah. that gives you an idea of where I don't these. Know, this, this stock called the Nasdaq is at fourteen thousand. That's pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just like just to kind of give an idea of like you know that's not like all all companies are made the same, but those are companies that are considered pretty successful, pretty powerful, and yeah. those are their prices. GameStop is not one of those companies. Now, <laughs> was it undervalued? Sure, because the shorting on it was driving the price down. So. Absolutely, it should have been higher than what it was, but it's not four hundred dollars. Like that's just that was such an I would inflation. Argue that fifty dollars seems, and I this is based off nothing, but that even seems high to me. Yeah, I mean, my organization that I work for, I mean, we're trading at like seventy five bucks, and I'm like, we're pretty successful right now, like right. <laughs> for what we're doing. Like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So I don't look at GameStop in the same way of like they're doing great in the pandemic. Like, I don't right. think so. Like, <laughs> we're making hay. Yeah. Yeah, it's no. like I don't I don't think that's that's how it's going. So um yeah, I just it, I also it, feel real bad for the the people who who got wrapped up in this because this is another one of those things where it it preyed on the people who have a um uh, an addictive personality. Like because the, the people were like it's the same thing that gambling preys on, you know, it's the people see these Wall Street bets, they're like they get the FOMO. They I don't want to miss out on this. And they get in and it goes up a little bit and they're like, yes. And then they're like, well, I got to hold on to it or I got to try to, uh, you know, in a different stock. So now I'm going to put everything in AMC because GME had their time. And so now AMC has got to have their time in the sun. And they start to get in this rabbit hole and they're just they're pissing away 
anything that they had saved up. And I, you know, a, a fool and their money are soon, you know, separated. But at the same time, I still feel bad for them because they got wrapped up in something that, you know, they, they couldn't get themselves out of, you know, just because of their personality. Yeah. Uh, do you, do either of you guys use Robinhood or have no. been on it? No, no. So they're, it's totally different from any other broker. Like with, um, I use a broker called tasty works, uh, which is pretty nuts and bolts, like pretty basic, just black and white, you know, the green and red, obviously for the, for the prices of the stock, but Robin hood, it legitimately looks like a game. Like you log on, there's colors mm. everywhere. When you buy something, there's confetti. When you sell something, there's mm. confetti. They use emojis. Smart. So really, That's really smart. I mean, they nailed their, their, their demographic, like they're, you know, aiming it right to young investors and, and the people they want to have on their app. But at the same time, I guess at what point does it become dangerous? Where right. the 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 dopamine when you sell and you you get, have a gain and then you see the confetti and it's like, oh wow, I I got to do that again today. Mm-hmm. Whereas on other brokers, it's just like you buy, orders filled, sell, order filled. That's it, and that's the whole emotionless thing about it. Like you can't have that. Yeah, obviously you want to get pumped up when you when you make a profit. Obviously, who isn't happy? But right. at the same time, you, you don't want to let it go to your head. Just the same way when you take a bad loss, you can't like let yourself get depressed and upset. You have to be very even keeled, I guess. Didn't, didn't uh, Robin Hood get some side eye from the SEC, or SEC from for the gamification of their app? They probably did. Uh, I, I don't know that for sure, but that sounds... Um, I thought valid. I saw in an article that uh, that Seth had uh, sent us that they, they at the SEC was like, hey, this is basically you're like you're targeting people you know who you're targeting and this isn't right basically well i yeah, think cause... i mean there's a psychological studies of right of that right like i saw years ago them studying like mmo games like world of warcraft like the way that when you leveled up there was this flash of golden light and this music played and these things showed up on the screen and it was like a hit of dopamine like aha I did something like, and they're taking those same things and they've applied that in mobile games for years to keep you going. And uh, part of me goes, that's really smart to do that, to get people on your app to doing that. But the difference is in World of Warcraft, I pay a monthly subscription and I don't lose money (laughs) when I play. (laughs) I just lose time. Uh, And, you know, I lose the love of my daughter. But the point being that, like, with when you're trading and it's like it's the same thing like you go to a casino, right? You see all these cool slot machines and all the different things that happen. And it's like, oh, like they they try to make it a big deal. But with this, like, I mean, I don't know. Is this any different than what you'd walk into? Again, I hate making the, the, you know, the connection to casino because I I do think they're separate. They're similar. But, you know, I think it's supposed to be right. I think that's the point. Is this yeah. is supposed to be, and they were blurring the line. Yeah, yeah. there's there's definitely a there's definitely a separation, and that's that's kind of why. Like I, I mentioned, the Tastyworks example, like the broker I use for my day trades, it's very it's bland the way it should be. You know, I don't want lights and and things popping and buzzing, and it's like that's that's just going to one be distracting, and two that's going to put you in that mindset of like uh, of the casino. Because why do they put the machines that always hit right by the door? Because when you walk in, you see a big winner, then you're going to, oh, crap, that's going to be me next. Right. Um, so it's – Robinhood's great for, for you know, beginner investors and people trying to get their feet wet because they do have – they do have the links news articles. They, they make it very user-friendly. 
they definitely probably should back off a little bit of that um, <laughs> gamification. It's so funny because in my line of work, uh, I'm a, a trainer and instructional designer. Uh, gamification is all we try to do with our learners, right? We want people to feel like as they do this, they're getting rewarded for it. Here's a badge. Here's a certification. Here's some points you've earned. Cash those points in to get something. So typically gamification is a good word. Like I think yeah. it's, it's a good thing. But then there's other things where it's like, yeah, with stuff like that, um, mm. it goes down a more dangerous path like at the same time a part of me really respects it right because from a psychological standpoint they're getting their consumers to use their product but at what cost is it doing well at that? a like, cost that seth just put in the chat here i forgot i i, I heard about this on uh, one of the morning shows today oh no where that story that kid who committed suicide because he thought that he owed robin hood hundreds of thousands of dollars because he his stock tanked whatever he was in and it hit it dipped so hard that he said like negative 120 something thousand dollars and he left the suicide note saying that uh you know basically i i i don't know how to get out of this and you know shouldn't be burdened with yada, yada. like saying that he saw no hope to it and it very much did not owe robin hood that money but because of how the app interfaced you know, so the parents are, I know the parents are coming at them hard right now. That sucks. Yeah. Cause that's someone who doesn't understand that either. Like that's, ah, uh, totally that's avoidable. Like, Cause I we're talking, we're talking food. about the, the stigma of it, right. Of like stocks and how it's so taboo or not. Ta- it's yeah. just like, it's confusing and you want people to wait in there to do it. But at the same time, it's like, this is also no joke, <laughs> you right. know, like at the same time I would have fallen prey to the same thing that I would, I would have assumed that I, owed that much money like i i am i know so little about how this whole mystical realm works that it's very possible i've seen that and i'd have gone oh boy i am in deep shit now you know yeah i feel like there's got to be a better way to you've got to have a responsible interface so that if if your goal is to get new investors to come in first time investors you've you owe it to them you have a uh a um moral obligation a moral fiduciary obligation. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, to, to, uh, uh, to, to hold their hand, to coddle them. You've got to get them. You've got to ease and got to put training wheels on the thing. I don't know. I'm kind of a little bit on the other side where I'm like, Hey man, if you're going to trade stocks, you better come prepared. You know what I mean? Like, I agree with that. But if, if I, what I'm saying is if the app is designed to bring first timers in, yeah. If they're saying, hey, we're a first time friendly app, come on in, dip your toe in and see how it is. You can't have barracudas in the water. Yeah, that's you true. You gotta make it a, you gotta make it a kiddie pool. Yeah. Yeah. It's dangerous. That um even even more dangerous in my opinion is is there's a thing called margin investing where you can essentially get a loan to buy stocks. Ugh. And mm. the approval, the 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 approval on Robinhood is you swipe up, click a few buttons, answer a few questions, boom, you're approved. Oh, boy. Is this like so, Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans? <laughs> rocket Mortgage for stocks, except uh, <laughs> you might as well just take a lighter to your wallet and set it on fire. Jesus. I also, hate, I also hate the Rocket Mortgage on Quicken Loans. I'm like, fuck you for doing that. <laughs> like, you should, that's, that's not, that shouldn't be that easy to do that. Go fuck yourself. Like, right. Right. right? But, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, um, it's a, it's, the, the waters can be as shallow or as deep as you want them to be, 
the problem is you don't know how deep it is until it's sometimes too late. That's actually a really good way to look at it. I actually saw someone post on Twitter too. Uh, I think it was this guy, he was in his 30s or whatever, and he had like his 20-year-old nephew or cousin like send him a message. He was like, hey, old timer, looks like I'm going to be retiring before you. I just bought 2,000 you know, shares of GNE stock. And the guy goes, huh. He looks up and goes, looks like you just bought into some general nutrition thing. And the kid's like, wait, what? He goes, yeah, that's not GameStop. And he goes, oh, shit, can I sell? <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I know. And then um, there's those people. <laughs> Elon Musk. I know um, Elon Musk has been a topic tonight uh, a few times, but his tweets, he tweeted, use Signal. The wrong company got pumped on the stock market. The, the signal he was talking about isn't even a publicly traded company. So some some company signal advance out of Boston, Massachusetts got pumped from thirty seven cents to over six dollars. Can you imagine them sitting in the just fucking? Hey, Davey, get in here. What the fuck's going on with that fucking? Uh, we're going nuts on Twitter. You see our fucking stocks? They're through the fucking roof. Oh my God, I don't even know what the fuck to do with this. <laughs> what do we do with all this fucking money? Call Tommy. All right, you've got to know what it is, right? No, his his dad's like a banker or something, right? I don't know. <laughs> do we sell? <laughs> what do we do now? <laughs> what do we do now? I'm going to buy a boat path. <laughs> Take it yeah, out in the harbor. Yeah, oh, that's that's... <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. And yeah. that's also dangerous that that can happen. Yeah. It's wild. That's so wild. <laughs> so if, if you were to give someone, uh, if you were to say uh, an easy way to get into it, like if someone was interested to get into it, kind of how you got into it, how did you, like, how did you get into trading and like what, non-financial advice but like what advice could you give people to to kind of start waiting in like uh you know read these blogs or do this like where did you get your information how'd you get started yeah so i i started long-term investing just buying shares and, and planning to hold them for a while back in 2017 so back at that point i was really just um you know reading news articles watching cnbc um Programs like that, it's tough because you, I, you don't. I don't want to watch like a, a CNN or a Fox where there's clear bias. Uh, it's, it's very important to find unbiased information, which sometimes isn't easy. Uh, but I think you have to have a genuine interest, and you have to have a genuine. You have to have a want to learn, because uh, if it if you're if it's boring to you or if it's, I guess you have to force yourself to like it. If that makes sense, yeah. It's not one of those things where you can fake. Um, so I was always interested in it. And then I was like, you know what, this, this, there's an opportunity here. So you just start liking it more, start getting more involved, just watching the news reading. And then, um, it was doing that for, for, for three years and then COVID hit. Um, and I had been trading options, which is a little, a little separate from shares, but a similar idea of trading the same company. Uh, started trading options. I was like, Oh, this is fun. This is kind of cool. I'm, uh, I'm learning, you know, I don't really know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm making a little bit of money, making some mistakes, learning from them. And then I got an Instagram ad for this guy, Aristotle. 
Um, he's not paying me anything to say this, but um, Aristotle, he, it's a fellow on Instagram. He runs a, a group chat and he also has a course. And I know people get like freaked out. Like, oh, everyone has a course nowadays and this, but of yeah, all but the this people guy's very saw, philosophical in yeah. his course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he had a course and a group chat. So I joined his group chat. I bought his 20 hour book just to kind of poke around. And I was just expecting like, you know, um, kind of like how we're just talking like, Oh, yeah. you know, I think Apple might be good or I think Boeing might be good, but the, the, the knowledge and education I got from him was just incredible. Like the amount of info, I think his experience, cause he was trading for about four years. I think experience mm-hmm. is a big factor as well, okay. but I think it's important to find someone. Um, and I didn't have this person in my personal life, but it's important to find someone if you have it in your life that, that, that knows about this and someone you trust. Mm. Cause there's a lot of people out there, especially with the internet, they're just trying to scam you or just trying to get your money to buy their book, to buy their course. But I think I got lucky. And the first guy I found just really, it just really hit home with me. And I took his, his stuff and just kind of ran with it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Cause Doug, have you ever dipped your toe into the, uh, the old world of stocks? I have a 401k. So that's about as far as I've gone in that regard, like just sort of, you know, planning where my contributions go. But that's, you know, I have a Roth IRA. I have uh, mutual funds and things like that. So, you know, that's about the most I've really done with it. I haven't done yeah. much else. So, yeah, it remains a mystery to me. It's, just, it's one of those hey. I would I would love to know more about it, but it's, I just don't feel like I'm smart enough. It's a hey, I believe me, I'm no genius. I had a. 2.8 in college or 3.0 barely. Um, sure. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm no rocket scientist. It's just, um, I guess getting back to the whole, you, you can't fake it. Like I'm genuinely interested in this stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it comes, it comes easier for me where it's like basically, you know, markets open nine 30 to four, but I don't really shut off, you know, from four o'clock on, I'm either reading or watching something, looking at charts, but it doesn't feel like, um, it's not taxing, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's something I generally want to do. So I think it's that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, just reiterate, like, you got to want to do this. Like, this can't right. be a half ass sort of situation. I agree that something like this requires a constant, continuous learning mindset and a genuine curiosity. Because um, yeah. otherwise, imagine if you were forced to do this. Imagine your last job, Daniel, and how awful that was. But, like, it was stocks, and you didn't want to do it, but this is what you were forced to do. You'd be miserable. You'd be absolutely right. miserable. The stress and everything about it would be horrible versus like, hey, I'm genuinely interested in this. I want to spend time doing it. It doesn't feel like a job or like work, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's um, that's the best way to put it because I have friends that, um, that aren't investing uh, or trading for that matter, and, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that like would, would jam something down your throat, but, I mean, obviously I want to help my friends succeed. Um, actually turned my two cousins onto it. We do it part-time. Um, but I still have friends that are just like, you know what? It's just not my thing. You know, I have my 401k at work and that's, Hey, that's better than putting your money in a bag in your closet. So if you have a 401k and you're investing, that's your way ahead than your way ahead than a lot of people, you know? Um, but some people just, just don't. And that's cool. You know, that's not their thing. They don't want to get involved. That's, that's that's totally cool. Nothing yeah. nothing wrong with that at all. 
I have uh, I have an interesting thing that I do with my money um, is I it's very it's akin to betting, but most of my money uh, goes into I attend this event uh, once a week that uh, it's it happens in a very a giant arena and uh, two individuals are put into that arena and you basically decide uh, who you think is going to come out alive and which one is going to be murdered. And uh, the basically the 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 name of the event. Welcome to the throwdown. We're here. We did it. <laughs> what's the uh, what's what's the, the the ticker name for the throwdown? Is it? Oh, it's a dollar sign B L O O D. Nice dollar sign blood. I love it. That's blood. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I taste metal, I taste blood. That's the clip we need to pull. Shit, why is that not on our soundboards? Oh my god, when was that? That was such a, that was such a, that's a deep cut, Justin. I'll find it. I taste metal, I taste blood. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah. This week, we've got a couple of real fancy people. We've got Elon Musk versus Jeff Bezos. So, these two gentlemen show up to an arena because mm-hmm. they heard what, Justin? Why did they show up to this arena? Um, because they heard that the missing component that both of them need to get to Mars first is in this arena. Okay, I love and it. There's only enough for one rocket ship. And let's face it, the first one to Mars has the biggest dick. So that's true. That's what's going to happen here. So what are, what are the stats here? Elon seems like a tall guy to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Musk, what are your what do you what do you think? Six one. What is he? He's six I'm one. Six one. Yeah, I was that's like, he I'm seems saying. like that. He's. Oh, that's what you're guessing. Okay, how old? Yeah, Ooh, yeah total. Bezos is five seven. I was gonna say he Ooh, seems Elon small. Musk is six two. He is six two. Nice. So we're right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Jeff Bezos five seven. So Elon's got a height. Advantage. Jeff Bezos is a tiny dude. Holy yeah. shit. With all the power. With all yeah. the power. And that lazy Dr. Evil Eye. <laughs> so here's the thing I'll say about Elon Musk. That dude made a flamethrower. Alright? So Truth. This guy Truth. wants this guy wants to drill under drill tunnels under LA to make for like, right. you know like and this he's guy balls to call it the boring company. Yeah. Right? Like this guy has ideas. Like, there's entrepreneurs, and then there's guys like, he's truly, I think, on par with Tesla. Like, that, like, he's, yeah. he he has a whole thing. So, I imagine. He's just nuts enough. He would come to this with some sort of weapon, because he always has a weapon on him. Like, whereas Bezos yes. would have his henchmen, but his henchmen wouldn't be allowed to enter the arena. At least that's, that's how I would imagine it. I'll say this. Uh, Elon Musk has an IQ of 155. It's amazing what the internet will tell us. He also has a lot of kids. Holy shit. Elon Musk? He's got the, yeah. was it XAE oh, the second? I don't know what that one is. Nevada, <laughs> Griffin, Kai, Saxon, Xavier, and Damien. It's pronounced. Of course, ne- he has a kid named Nevada. Saxon. <laughs> oh, my. He's got oh. Aeon Flux. <laughs> he's got Matrix, Matrix Musk. He said a lot of 
a lot of well, I guess oh, gosh, yeah, he's had a lot of different wives too. I guess three. I'm total. just gonna throw this out there. Has anyone heard? Have it, has anyone heard Jeff Bezos laugh? No. Should that People, be in our yeah, soundboard? You, you, yes. That's <laughs> because it it makes you think of he's just some evil villain. Wait, I think we do have one. I think we do have it. <laughs> Wait, so there's a. That's that's Elon. I mean, that's Jeff Bezos. If you just type in Jeff Bezos laugh, uh, the first thing that comes up is Jeff Bezos best laugh compilation. And I'm going to click on this. I don't know what we're getting into, gentlemen. You want to be a chef. Maybe you want to be a dancer. I don't know what you want to do. I'm not sure my boss is going to like that. <laughs> <laughs> you are not Nothing. kidding. But you do need it's to follow your passion. Life. Right. I would love for it to be after I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> 40 minutes with you. It's already clicking down. We're going to use every one. So no droning one more. on. One more. Uh, okay. I, I see what uh, you did. No, no. That's coming uh. up, too. But that was actually not supposed to be a bad pun. And then disclosure, um, you are an investor. Also, don't like how he does the whole bot. Like, he like uh, he like rolls with his laugh. I don't like that. Uh. <laughs> um, man, Elon Musk is looking more and more like he's gonna win this one to me. I, lo- I love it. Disconnected says Elon Musk, modern day Tesla dude, probably has a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's valid. Seriously, yeah. that laugh is th- that. I know that laugh because I used that for six years as I worked at a hotel and I did a, a lot of fake laughs and that sounds like oh, yeah. a really hearty fake laugh. But behind yeah. him, he's like thinking of the ways in which he's going to drain your blood and won't get caught. Oh, yeah. Take his take his his eye out, pop out <laughs> some sort of laser beams. <laughs> pop. <laughs> like oh my god, reduce him to ash. Uh, I, I gotta say that the the fact that yeah, like Musk is like just for fun. He's like yeah, I'm gonna make a flamethrower, a portable. Yeah. Like just a, a yeah, a port not one that you need a giant gas tank. Like it's just yeah. a portable one handheld. Uh you know he's he is top to bottom, T to B loaded with weapons. He's also like a yeah, no, very weapons. watered down version of Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty, like as far as I see him. Like very <laughs> smart, kind of diabolical, has like a you know, something for every situation. Like right. I, I I don't see him like Bezos seems like a guy who's pretty fit for how old he is, you know, like a guy who's like, ah, I'm on a juicing diet, you know, or whatever he's going to be doing. But (laughs) at the same time, he seems like he also would be very frail in whatever Elon would throw at him, you know, because you can you can be healthy. But I mean, are you really going to, you know, be able to your body can be able to handle the shrapnel from a anti you know matter grenade that gets thrown at you? I mean, I don't know. That's true. I just meant six, two, and five, seven. That is like, that's a discrepancy. Yeah. Yeah. You don't seem to have a problem with that with Muggsy Bogues whenever we bring up the sport debate. Let me tell you something about Muggsy, okay? Go on. Man is, man is a legend. <laughs> true. It's a, it's uh, a fact. I think there was 13 hours ago, The Verge just reported, too, that Jeff Bezos is now worth $193 billion. So I think he does surpass Elon if that makes any difference. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. It's funny because as, as each stock price fluctuates, they, they kind of flip-flop between <laughs> one and two. Um, yeah, at this so point, much money. it doesn't matter. It's yeah, so you know, much money. It's, it's an egregious amount of money. <sighs> anyway. I think with Go ahead, Bezos' Daniel. AWS and all that, all that automated stuff, he would... He'd come out with something like a third arm out of his back. 
Oh, that's right. Because some sort of automation. Because Elon side. is against AI. He's against right. like he he he's so I think you're right. I think really what it is is uh, people joke that Mark Zuckerberg is part robot, but I think really what it is is Bezos is like the T1000 to Mark Zuckerberg's T800. Like he's just like he's like ha, 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 you know as he's like his arm turns into a blade and he just shoves it through someone's throat. Exactly, man. Could that's Bezos good, send, his, send, his, send his drones? Bezos is made up of drones. That's what he is. He just kind of goes... Psh, 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 psh. It's like 10, 10 drones come out. His his clothes just fold and drones come out of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is that are we saying then that because he is he's made of tiny machines that he is uh, he's going to take down Musk? Or does Musk have something up his sleeve? I think Musk has a weapon... Some sort of thing that, like, whatever. Again, he's like a Rick Sanchez. Whatever you throw right. at him, he's got something. You know, he's, he calls on those Jewish space lasers. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Green was all going on about, right? Yeah, he's the one to put him up there in the first place. He basically just like puts on his shades and taps them, and then like a satellite comes down in Hulkbuster armor, and he just like gets in it, and then That's just it. goes smash. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're we're dancing around who the winner is here. I it's, feel it's, like it's, it's got to be Musk. Uh, it's Elon Musk. It's Elon Musk for the win. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is Elon, you know, he he kind of he calls down like everything from the satellite, and you you hear like uh, all the uh, you know just, and then it lands and. And then that's it. Bezos is gone. It's a very and anime then, moment. And then Bezos goes, It's been a good life, and now it's time to hang it up. As Elon sort of stares at the, the smoldering ruins, he just sort of begins down on one knee, and he just sort of looks and quietly says, I love you. <laughs> and his, out of respect. And hey. as Bezos uh, you know, has the death rattle and lets out his last breath, his body voids his bowels. And that's all there was of Jeff Bezos. And that's how you end a throwdown. <laughs> that's a proud moment right there. That was a good Anything one. Anything to add, Daniel? <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to say from a from a logical standpoint, Bezos just stepped down as CEO, so he's probably weak. He's, 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 a, weakened, he's a weakened version of himself. <laughs> he's having, like, you know, uh, confidence issues. Yeah, exactly. He's rusting because he's a drain. <laughs> I like that. That's amazing. Daniel, like this it. was such a great conversation. Your insight was phenomenal. It was great picking your brain and just sort of talking about this stuff. So thank you for taking the time to hang out with us. Yeah, it was, it was fun to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Of course. So this is the part of the show where we like to open up the floor to you. If there's anything you'd recommend, like if there's a show, if there's a book, if there's uh music, if you want to you know, want people to follow you on social media or whatever, the floor is yours, whatever you'd like, sir. So, uh, I do like the show Vikings. So just pick that up. <gasps> there you go. God, that is fantastic. Uh, nice. but no, no, I don't have any, anyone necessarily. Um, just Aristotle. If on, on Instagram, Aristotle investments, he's a really good dude. Taught me a lot. Um, and my two cousins, they're in the entertainment business. They're the Nelson boys on Instagram. Okay. So Aristotle investments and the Nelson boys. Go check those guys out. Awesome. Just out of curiosity. Uh, what, uh, what do the Nelson boys do? What kind of entertainment? Uh, they do skits. They make music, all, all kinds of stuff. They're, they're funny guys. Those are the two guys I actually trade with in the morning. So. Oh, nice. Nice. 
That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. It's a family affair. <laughs> Someone goes, dude, Vikings is great. So <laughs> dude, I'm this- only on I, I halfway through season five, so I'm almost done. Wow, nice. I've heard good yeah. that show looks cool. I like Vikings in general. I think they're a fun a fun time it's, period to yeah. take a look at. So awesome. Well done. Justin, what do you got? Uh well, I watched um Birds of Prey. Okay. Uh, on HBO Max. Um I kinda recommend it. <laughs> I, I thought it was it was here's the thing. It was a re- it was very entertaining and I I I enjoyed it. I feel like I want to discuss it. Um either off mic or on future podcast because I feel like I just need help wrapping my head around a few things. All in all, I would say it was a good movie. Uh, check that out. And then also, uh, if you guys could, uh, go to uh, Tui State's website and click on the blogs section. We've been cranking out, with the help of Slotty, some real uh, some real good blogs. So uh, check those out. Give them a read. Um, you may find one that's uh, relevant to you. You may not. Uh, it just mean a lot to us. Doug, what do you got? I don't have a whole lot. Nothing relevant. Uh, I uh, I saw a tweet the other day that said when you turn 35, uh, you either are really into World War II movies or you get a smoker. And uh, I'm kind of both of those. And uh, adding on to that, I'm a big fan of like the Jack Ryan movies with like Harrison Ford. So like Patriot Games, Clear and Present mm-hmm. Danger, Hunt for Red October with the Alec Baldwin one. Big fan of those movies, and I feel like a real dad whenever I watch those. I'm like, ah, I'm like, yes. For some you reason, get it now, right? I just, I've always loved those movies. I loved Harrison Ford in those roles. They were just very enjoyable. So like, I find them, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch Patriot Games, Sean Bean. Yeah, let's get this on. He dies, surprising. And then you know, it's just I don't know. They're good movies. They're really good. So check out any of these early '90s uh, Harrison Ford films. They're pretty cool. So check that out. Also, don't forget to check out MindGap Podcast and all our social medias at MindGap Podcast. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Uh, like and subscribe there. We have full episodes that launch there as well as highlights from our streams. And also, don't forget to follow us on our Twitch at twitch.tv slash Podcast. Come hang out with us when we record our episodes live. And when we do our video game stream Saturday nights, 8 p.m., get ready for this KFC dating simulator that's coming on Saturday night. I don't know. Maybe I'll put on a just a blazer and no shirt, and we'll just let the you know I'll turn the lights light, to red, and we'll get light in this, a candle. We'll light a candle, and we'll just get into this dating simulator. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Justin also gets sexy on the internet as well. Yeah, that's true. You can follow my sexcapades on Instagram and Twitter at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M I K E L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on Spotify on Apple Podcast, on Google Podcast, on Stitcher, on Podbean, and all the other places where you can consume your podcasts. Uh, share us around, like, subscribe, rate, review. The big one is uh, sharing. Just copy the link, send it out to your social network, and let people know you think they should check us out. That goes such a long way for us. And then 2east8th.com slash mindgap, and then just keep an eye on all of 2east8th's stuff, including that blog page. And uh, that's, uh, that's about it. Nice. Once again, Daniel, thank you for taking the time to hang out with us. We appreciate you. Yeah, oh, wait, Doug, sorry. Uh. Would you say that you're getting them tendies on Saturday? I'd say I'm probably going to get those tendies on Saturday. Yeah. You're going to the moon on Saturday? <laughs> wait, what? Are you going to the moon on Saturday? Always going to the moon on Saturday. Always. Right. You know, I'm going to get them tendies. It's going to be great with my sorry, Doug. diamond hands. I thought you had a sound bite to play or something. I was like, what are we doing? Um, yeah, there we go. 
God damn it! All right. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Daniel, thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Thanks, Doug, Justin. It's a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Fun thank talking you, to you. Actually, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Twitch, thank you. And listeners, thank you so much. And you and all thanks, have Seth. a... And thanks you to Seth. And yeah, you thank all you, Seth. have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.